0: Before we get started with today's show, I wanted to tell you about another great ESPN podcast. First Take, Her Take, hosted by L. Duncan, Kimberly A. Martin, and Charlie Arnold, gives you a peek into their lives as they navigate their careers and relationships while giving their unfiltered opinions on the sports world's hottest topics. Listen to First Take, Her Take, wherever you find your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Thanks for watching us on YouTube and it is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on?
1: Not much, man. It's it's a lot. I'm surprisingly, there's a lot to talk about today, to me at least.
0: Yeah, man, we're going to get into these NBA playoffs. You're going to talk about uh, Tom Brady getting the bag to come to the booth for reasons I don't quite understand, you know. <laughs> but are, are you enjoying the NBA playoffs? Because I think
1: they have been excellent. Yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it this year. And it's the non-LeBron factor. I love LeBron. I'm not one of these LeBron haters, but like I, I pre he probably needed a break. We all needed a break. Move him so we could get some sunlight on the rest of everything else. And it's been fun. Now I'm getting to know these characters better, watching these games, and like having these storylines. The one thing about this year's playoffs that has made me a little uncomfortable, but I enjoy it. I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> Every time I feel like I got a grasp. On a team or a playoff or a series, the next game comes up and the exact opposite happens.
0: Yeah, like these playoffs for me. I remember when the NBA decided that they wanted a league with a bit more parity. I was like, I don't think you guys understand how your league works. Like that's not how it goes. Except it's going okay in that regard. And I also think that some of that parity was inevitable just because there's so many more good players now. Like before when there weren't nearly as many excellent players in the nba it was just like yo you get two of those guys you got a shot
1: i mean you you up there now you get two of those guys and it's a start i'm certainly not looking to get into like jordan versus lebron or era versus era conversation but i think it can't be argued this is the most talented time in the history of the nba like skill wise all around both sides of the ball and and it in part because guys are playing longer and playing better longer there's a glut of talent in the league right now. Yeah, but
0: man, for the most part, man, the play longer dudes is up out the paint right now, right? Like Miami got a handful of the play mm-hmm. longer dudes, right? Like they still got those. The Warriors, they are being led by play longer dudes, and I mean, <laughs> I don't be one to talk about the Warriors because you know how they get, you know, about this stuff. But you know, their play longer dudes have probably played as long as they can at the elite level that we are discussing. But all of these, like every night I'm like, damn, I guess I got to stay up as long as I can, huh?
1: fortunately the the last warriors game wasn't that was not required like i could have shut that thing off midway through the second i made it to halftime i was like i'm good
0: yo and it was wild because i was like okay i ain't really got to watch this game because i thought golden state was going to go champion and close them out and instead the grizzle was like nah dog here we are and it gets to something i was talking about on twitter and i started off by doing it talking about luca so you know people get mad about this but Charles Barkley was right about this. It was halftime Monday. The thing with Luka is you can't just go look for your shot every time down the floor, right? Like this is the blessing and curse to me of being unguardable. You can get your shot seemingly any time. So every time you come down, it's like, yo, I'm going to go try to get my shot. That's what it's going to be. And it's kind of like being the DJ and you're like, yo, they love back that ass up. I'm going to play back that ass up all night long right but you got to flip it up a little bit right you got to have a rhythm to it to get the party going and they have a problem when Ja's not there and the game is tight right you saw that in game four you got to have dudes that can get their own shots and they don't really have those dudes but I do feel like when I see the way they play when he's not there he could do a little more to get them more shots which would probably be long run better for the team and that's my thing with Luka is just I know them dudes, is sorry, but I said on twitter i don't <laughs> ca- I don't care if it's you out there with drew Hill. you gotta figure out how to get Woody some buckets, right? You gotta get the ball to jazz in the post so that he can work this is ju- this is just how
1: things go i mean it's it's part of being a team leader and it's part of maturity, I think it's like. I go back to like management principles. Everyone thinks like managing a team or managing an organization is about like making the big CEO level decisions. Nah, man, it's about people. Cause you can't do all the jobs. You can't do everything, creating some sort of connection and buy-in so that they feel committed to the goal in the same way that you are. And they they wake up in the morning and they trying to get to work on time. They do that extra work like that. It, it sounds stupid, but that's the thing that I feel like, it's missing in a lot of this analytic stuff. It's like the James Harden back when he was with um, Houston. Yeah, the best thing we could do is give James Harden the ball and get out the way. Like, in a computer simulation, we'll score more points if our best player takes more shots. But this ain't a computer. Like, people operate off emotions. And you want guys to buy in on D. You want guys to set screens. You want guys to do all the things that you need them to do. You got to give them a little sugar every now and then. It seems reasonable. They're going to get bored, right? Like, I used to watch this with Kobe, right? Where
0: Kobe would have him fourth quarters, where he just decided, fine, I'll do it, right? Sometimes necessary, sometimes not. But he made the call, fine, I'll do it. And then it would be like, after four fine-I'll-do-it possessions, he'd throw the ball to somebody and then be mad that they wasn't expecting it. <laughs> you ain't throwing me the ball, in a quarter and a half and now i'm supposed to be ready for it and here to get shot like the brilliance of a young lebron james was he was so good at he's like buddy from the sandlot you know what i'm saying like this recognition the other kids aren't as good as me i can figure out how to put them in positions where they're as good as they can be and then we go from there and that's the burden of being the best player especially if you're gonna be dribbling the ball across half court. Right? Like if you're the guy that dribbles the ball across half court, then it's on you to figure out what to do. Like, for example, with Donovan Mitchell, who I guess I think he will ultimately wind up playing point guard for them, but he's not a point guard, right? But Rudy Gobert be feeling like he don't want to give him the ball, right? Like Donovan doesn't want to give him the ball. And you hear this and you're like, Well, I wouldn't give the ball to Rudy Gobert neither. That sounds good in theory, except he's your best player. So you got to give them the ball every now and then. It make them feel better. And when those guys get to touch the ball a little bit more, you're going to get more out of them. Like the, nobody's doing anything to help Luca. Luca got to put them in positions to help him. It may sound unfair, but that's the burden of being that dude, right? And they got Jalen Brunson. You see, this is the thing for me with the Mavericks and Luca is that they do have a guy that could be a secondary playmaker or a guy that could initiate the offense. But Luca's bad off the ball. Like if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he doesn't know what to do. And that's the level of his game that's going to have to evolve is that he's going to have to figure out how to be impactful if he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Because I went through and like, I use win shares for 48 minutes a lot. I think it is an illustrative statistic, especially for players at the high level that he's at. For that dude to have a usage rate of 37 and have the numbers that he has in win shares, He's just not as impactful as he could be. It just looks amazing. And when you need somebody to get 40, and that's a value to have, he can get you 40. But there's so much room for him to get better without it looking like he's getting better, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, it makes sense. It makes a whole lot of sense because it makes the team better. And I I was thinking about those fourth quarters where Kobe would take over and then passes somebody and they fumble it. And I know that Kobe and LeBron would both do this. They do the opposite, too where they might have heard the noise and they was like, all right, y'all do it. That's just as bad as not giving people the ball is when you're out there <laughs> being a jerk and you're not going to take no shots and you're like, all right, fine. Y'all think you better than me? All right, then go ahead. Or you think that we better off if you shoot more shots? Here you go, shoot a shot. And then he won't take a shot all fourth quarter. Which we
0: saw Kobe doing at elimination game. <laughs> In an elimination game. And in another game before that, a couple years before against Sacramento. But that was against Phoenix, where he did that in the elimination game. And it's like, nah, like, especially if you're going to be again Luca, like ostensibly a point guard. I think it was Mark Jackson who told this story about playing pickup games in LA and he'd be out there with magic, right? And so magic, you know, magic out there be magic. And then they would uh flip up the teams, and Mark Jackson would get them dudes, and Mark Jackson is like hey, man, I just saw you play with Magic. Magic pass you the ball, you making the shots. I don't understand why it is it don't go that way when I do. And they're like, yeah, but Magic give it to me right where I like it. You know, like LeBron's great at that, too. Like when LeBron played with Miami, I would watch it particularly with Shane Battier. Where Shane Battier basically had an understanding. If LeBron gives me the ball, I just need to get my shooting thing going while the ball is on the way. Because that's what it's going to be. And LeBron would always get on the ball right there on the wing. So that right when it hit his hand, he was already coming up. And then the jumper was being released. These are the next
1: levels of it. It's a quarterback thing. And I think in part since the basketball doesn't have like that position, you know, like quarterbacks are bred to do this. Like from the time you're an eight year old quarterback, they're talking about being a team leader. They're talking about getting everybody involved. They're talking about not blaming your linemen. Like they're talking about lifting up your defense. These are all things that I think quarterbacks in particular understand and they become great team managers because of it or whatever all the cliches we have about them. And I think that's different in basketball for all the obvious reasons A U. and because there is no one position and we don't celebrate like we celebrate quarterbacks for winning championships but we also celebrate them for being leaders and leading a team and bringing them all together we don't celebrate basketball players for that we celebrate celebrate basketball players for hitting game winners yes like that's it going for 40 hitting game winners doing ooh and ah stuff that's what we celebrate them for and I think that there is a dividing line in the guys who are mature enough, and LeBron. We we're just talking about how it's nice not to have LeBron in the playoffs, so we can talk about this other stuff. But somehow, I've made it about LeBron. Yeah. But LeBron was special in that way from the beginning, and it carries over into his life. In that, like he's building businesses with people he knows. Like he, it seems like it's a way of life for him. It's not a fake thing. And Luca needs to learn that. John ja Morant, I think their defense is so much better without him out there, which is kind of bananas and we under appreciate especially coming off of the the bucks game we should appreciate how i mean it's it's half the game we should appreciate how important defense is and should understand that this team could be better a team could potentially be better without a better offensive player yeah if their improvement on defense is so much that it overcomes their decline on offense then the team could be better
0: yeah their problem is i don't think they can win a close game without them because like i say when it comes down to the end get a shot is important like While I don't love Devin Booker as much as everybody else does, though I think he's really good, right? People got mad at me for saying that I thought that Aiton was a better player than him, and I'm like, I'm sorry, a dominant seven-footer. And I think that Aiton has it in him to be that. You don't necessarily get it all the time, but count the number of people in the playoffs who are left that can guard DeAndre Aiton. I think it's legitimately two, maybe three, you know, that even have a chance of guarding him, right? But what I always say about Booker and why he's so important to them is, oh, we need a shot? okay, that guy can get us a shot because the Chris Paul problem is small guards. You just can't get so much out of them. That dude right there can go get you a shot. And like, that's the thing with Luca. I will never deny the value of, hey man, but if nothing else, you got a guy that can get a shot. But like the get on my back guys, dude, right? There is one definitely left in this postseason, and his name is Giannis (laughs) Giannis. (laughs) Antetokounmpo. And that, to me, is the most underrated thing about him is he is, all right, boys, you need it, let's go. Oh, they busted my eye wide open. Oh, well, let's go out here and get this. This is what it's gotta be. I'm gonna play harder than everybody else. Sometimes I'd be airballing these free throws, whatever. I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna go to the lane. Like they're playing without Chris Middleton. They're playing without their get a shot guy. And Giannis is just like, all right, well, we gonna do it. And on top of that, something I think is underrated as you talk about like the leadership thing, we are underrating the value of being a champion. And I used to think, the champion thing was overstated because like, for example, goes down seven games, you lose by one point. Two, what, what, two more points and you a whole different team. You know what I mean? Like that logically didn't make sense. But in the bubble, I watched one of those games where the Raptors were down at the end. And I just watched them with, you know, obviously with no Kawhi Leonard rise up. And I was like, oh, those are champions. Like when those games come down to it, that's what champions do. And that's what happened to me in game five in Boston. That at the end came down to the champs are here. Watch this.
1: <laughs> Y'all just hit a three.
0: <laughs> no, it was, it was almost like a heat check three. He was like, oh, it's a little loud in here. Let me stop that. <laughs>
1: It was a heat check three when he ain't hit no threes. Yes! Like, he was like, I'm hot. I don't got to be hot to be hot. I don't have to make no shots to be hot. I'm yawning, so I'm hot. That champion stuff. So you and I, I think we talk a lot about some of these things that are hard to measure. And maybe that's the next frontier in roster construction is, like, trying to actually do some real predictive analysis on people's psychology. Because that's what it comes down to. Those are the things that we can't measure. Those are the things that we make up the BS cliches for because we don't know how, like, like, that's what a champion do. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that doesn't feel concrete, but it's realer than, like, the ability to cross somebody over and hit a step back like that mentality and that psychology, whatever value, emotional, um, like goodwill you've earned from getting to the mountaintop. We saw what its value was in game five. Drew Holiday is coming off help defense two times. Yes. In the closing moments of the game and stripping the ball and blocking a shot and throwing it off of Marcus Smart like that. I don't know that that's. I don't know how to explain it other than that's just what champions do. Right, yo, gotta bring it home. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I think that in our lives, generally, most of us, right, have some form of gotta bring it home moments, right? Like, I imagine you parents with various things with kids, it comes down to it, it's just kind of like, oh, gotta bring it home. Like, this is a very simple example, but I think you'll feel why I'm making it, right? Like, if you got kids that are big enough to walk, but they can't necessarily walk that fast... And so, yeah, you hold their hand and you walk with them because you want them to get the walking thing there and everything else. But, oh, man, we got to be somewhere in 10 minutes. Got to bring it home. (laughs) (laughs) Got to bring the little homie up. I remember the first time I did Highly Questionable with guest hosts, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing Highly Questionable. I've been doing it with Dan. And one major difference between Dan and I when we first started doing that show was that that was my only job so Dan had a million things to do and sometimes he'd come in there tired like it was easier for me to be like all the way on point for this because I didn't have the responsibilities that he had right and you know sometimes I make you look over and be like yo what's going on here you know what the deal is man I had a couple fill-ins for the first time and I was like oh my bad Dan's a beast I I did not quite understand the level of beast because I'd only done solo tv right like around the horn is solo tv all that stuff is like really solo i was like oh i didn't realize the level of beast we had so we were going it was struggling i remember i looked up at that clock and i was just like <laughs> time to bring it home boys time <laughs> to bring it home and the producer told me later they were like oh yeah you just decided to bring it home huh yes time to bring it home boys
1: yeah i think everybody can relate and maybe that's a um voicemail question for the future is people can tell us they're bringing home moments because I think that is something that everybody can relate to especially you said as a parent yeah there are plenty of those at work there are plenty of those but don't nobody got it like Giannis got it right now oh, man. He's so don't good. nobody got it like Giannis got it right now man
0: like you know I'm super Jokic guy and I, I Jokic forces me to answer the question of if you keep playing better than everybody else when do we just say you're better than everybody else and the answer to the question specifically with him is when he's better than Giannis, that is what the answer comes down to. Like, I'm watching this late. He's exhausted, right? Like, you see him lay on the ground. He can barely get up. And you see him on defense over at the dunker position, right? Where the dunker position guy is. Just lurking, right? Just like, all right, it's about to be time for me to bring it home. Let's see who's going to come in here. And you can't do nothing with him.
1: And thank you, Pat Connaughton, for elbowing him in the face because the streams of blood just made the moment more cold. It was
0: the playoffs. It was the playoffs. (laughs) Like, it felt like the playoffs are supposed to feel. By the way, I did not realize that Pat Connaughton was from Massachusetts. Yeah. And I saw some play where Grayson Allen passed the ball to Pat Connaughton, and I'm like, somebody in the crowd is like, that used to be us. (laughs) Remember when that was us? They're like, yeah, you see why we can't win, right? We ain't got the right kind of players.
1: I wish that Pat Connaughton caught a, an assisted pass from Grayson Allen to hit a game winner in Boston. That would have been yeah. fun. See, the thing for me, though, Pat Connaughton, he they kind. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Grayson Allen. Yeah, he comes off as like the upper crust. Yeah. He, 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 he not grimy Boston a thick accent. He don't got that. Here's
0: the thing about Boston, and this is important, like in understanding the get down of the place and everything else. That's some fighting white dudes up there, dog if you got any of these stereotypes i think i told you this very few things bring me joy quite like when some black dude think he gonna push some white guy around because he think white dudes are soft and think white dudes is afraid of him only to find out there's a (laughs) bunch of white dudes who wake up every day looking for any reason to fight whoever it is and boston is hundreds of thousands
1: of those dudes It's a cultural, like it's a vestigial lineage that they pass down that they live by. No, I'm with you. There are, I mean, most of the world you can walk into, most of the white world, you can walk in there and be black and people are intimidated. Try that in Boston if you want to. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. Maybe they are looking for some drama in certain places, but... When I lived up in that area, when I would go places like it wasn't trying to mess with me, but they wasn't backing down. They yes. wasn't clearing out the way like where if I'm like in D.C., if I go somewhere that is an all white establishment, everybody looking at me to see what I'm up to. Worried about making sure not to offend me. That ain't yes. Boston. No, they're looking to offend you.
0: No, like in Houston is different. They try to fight. They trying to clap. Shoot. Clap, Yeah. They ain't trying to fight. Like, if it really come to that, the clapper is right there to answer the question. But yeah, so Grayson Allen's type of passive aggressive. I'm just gonna trip you or whatever it is. No, no, no. That's not that's not their get down. But Connaughton he a little sturdier and steadier with his and his name Connaughton <laughs> They a local, he is They
1: would have changed the logo for that man. <laughs> they'd have
0: <they'd, they'd laughs> got rid of that lever card,
1: they'd just been pat out there.
0: I'll never forget. <laughs> With they drafted Peyton Pritchard and Jay Billis did his whole draft analysis of them, and I was just like, "Oh my God!" He just hit all. He checked all the boxes to the point where uh, my man Marvin, Marv, Marv Prince, used to work with us here. Marv was like, "Oh, he's gonna get all the Tommy points. Like, <laughs> like that's they dude, right? That's the one that they out
1: here looking for." To the championship point, everyone has been talking about how the Celtics is the best team in the NBA since like January or something. And we see in these late game, end of game moments, they've had a couple of them now that have been tight and they've gone the Bucks' direction. And I can't explain it other than championship pedigree or whatever.
0: The difference between Giannis and Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown is that you can lean on, like, you might get 40 from Jason Tatum. You might get 40 from Jalen Brown. You can't show up and be like, need 40. Yeah. And then be like, Got you. They'd be like, "Well, we'll see." That's a
1: fair way to put it.
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying that to shade those dudes as much as there's a level of stardom that I just don't think they've reached, and I wonder if they will. Now, of course, we were getting ahead of ourselves in the first round with Tatum, you know, talking about his matchup with Durant, and he's taking his defense to a whole nother place. But I still feel like his go-to shots are hard shots, and that's the thing about all these Kobe system guys is that they grew up emulating the dude who loved taking hard shots more than anybody else right like that's part of the James Harden problem now as he ages is you can't keep playing into step back threes like if you don't believe that shooting threes is harder as you get older go look at Steph Curry you just can't keep shooting you know in that sort of way and so when I look at how this goes for that squad I'm just like they're still not at a place where those dudes go get easy baskets when you need an easy basket. And that's what Giannis can do. If worse come to worse, I'ma get real close to the goal <laughs> and I'ma see what you got for me once I'm down here.
1: Oh gosh, I think um I don't know who it was. It might it might have been Van Gundy was talking about Giannis's shooting percentage being like over 80 when he's close to the basket and like 31. When he's far away from the basket. And he's like, well, we got to keep him away from the basket. Go ahead and try. Right. (laughs) Go ahead and try in those minutes. Like, that's what a coach would tell you, like, don't let him get to the basket. You don't let him get to to the basket. Man, when you start talking
0: about that right there, right? Like, the don't let him get to the basket and everything else. I think Stan Van Gundy has a story, right? Where he was talking to Dwight and Dwight was getting moved around by Pekovic. Oh, yeah. I heard this story. Yeah. And. Stan's like, come on, Dwight. Don't let him push you around and da-da-da. Dwight looked at him and said, Stan, he's the strongest man in the world. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, I I mean, as a former defensive back, I've been there before where they're like, don't let him get inside. You got to win the inside. Don't let him go deep on you. Don't let him catch and run. It's like, what do you think I'm trying to do? (laughs) They get paid too, you know, like don't, <laughs> I don't know. Well, give me some help then. I ain't going to be able to do it. And to what Giannis is doing without Middleton, man. Cause I got, I, I, that was one that I a series that I thought I had a grasp on and all of them. I thought I had a grasp on and I thought that the bucks would lose game five because Giannis, you're just asking too much of Giannis time in and time out and drew holiday is trying to be that offensive help and he can't do it. He didn't do it in game five either. Like, he hit a big three, but he wasn't good offensively in game five. He made some good defensive plays. And then I just can't account for the God levelness that he can reach. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. Like, I cannot analyze that. I give you all the ni- – because the Celtics did everything I thought they would do into the fourth quarter. Like, I don't know how much time was left, but they were up by, like, nine. Yes! At a certain point in in a game where I was like, all right, yeah, I'm smart. I had this one figured out. Yeah, Giannis was like, not so fast. Give me that thing. Yeah, we just don't talk about it. Like, the guy is here. Like, right now, he's
0: the best player in the NBA, right? There's, I just, I don't know really what your argument is against it at this point. The only reason it matters that he can't shoot is that he keeps trying. Yeah. That's it. But the thing is, there's no reason for him to do that.
1: Like, I just think he gets bored every now and then. I think he gets bored. I also think he's tired. That ain't easy. Taking all that to the basket time and time again ain't easy. So sometimes, any wants to keep him honest and whatever, but I'm with you. He don't have to. I don't understand exactly how we decide who are superstars in this game or not. I think it has a lot to do with like how they are built before we get there. It's like if the hype is built up and they meet or exceed the hype, then we're good. I think yeah. that might be why we're slow for Giannis, because what Giannis did last year— and maybe it's also him, like, not being American or, or something like that. But what he did last year should have elevated him to a level that was unimpeachable. And I feel like we were not talking about him that way. And now he's just doing the same thing. I'm trying to think, like, great
0: championship closeout performances. LeBron 2016 though that was like seven of those in a row (laughs) (laughs) so good man
1: i'm not in a rush for lebron to retire but i'm looking forward to his 11 part documentary because you know he got to do one more episode than jordan i'm looking forward to it because man that dude career i I think because the media cycles are so fast now and it's so much happening that we get past this stuff and maybe because we're in it we're not talking about it that dude career man it's something special
0: Oh God! And I would love to just start working on the retrospectives of him right now, yeah. man. Let's, let's 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 go ahead and start throwing them flowers at that man. No, I'm tired of it, and it's not because it's not his fault, right? Like he's like, yo, I can keep playing ball. I'm going to keep playing ball. I get that, but there's nothing else that he can do that I'm going to find to be interesting. Like, do you ever? I have this happen with me with musical artists. I can have artists that I love, and I'm like, yep, I haven't listened to one of their albums in ten. You know what? You know what LeBron's turned into? The Simpsons. The Simpsons are my favorite television show of all time. I haven't watched a new episode in 20 years. (laughs) oh i just you know after 15 years or so i was
1: that was about what i needed when you do you ever stumble upon one and be like yeah just as good as i remember but i'm not back in it or you just don't even see them i just don't even see them to be honest my daughter started watching like the simpsons and so i've kind of been drawn back in a little bit and seeing them and it's like that's an incredible show man
0: it's my favorite tv show of all time like the first 12 seasons of the simpsons are the best tv i laugh more but nope i just reached a point where i was like nah i'm, I'm about done with this and that's just kind of where i am with lebron now is it's just like why are you
1: still here <laughs> yeah yep he, he went to the club he did all the moves he got all the girls and he yeah. didn't leave like you did it all man what you doing yeah.
0: Like, 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 I'm amazed that you still want to do this. You got all these other things that are going on. And y'all ain't about to be winning nothing. Like, the thing about LeBron that's different now than before, whether people want to admit it or not, is we got LeBron, so we got a chance to win a championship. Not true. Mm -hmm. It's not that simple anymore. It was that simple for a long time. But it's not. It's not. But Giannis, this dude, I'm looking at him like, okay, you're probably the best defensive player of the NBA right now. You are an unstoppable offensive player. Like, the only person that can really stop you on offense is you.
1: Yo, that plus that is, like, top 20, top 15 of all time. And can create his own shot as a big man. Yes. That's the difference is, like, that's the holdup for why we don't talk about, like, some of the great big men in the, like, greatest player of all time conversation is because they need an entry pass. They need a screen. They need a pick and roll, pick and pop. They need something. Giannis will take that thing off the rim and bring it all the way down by himself, even if your transition defense is good. That's fine. Set up your wall. It might work sometimes, but it ain't going to work all the time. That dude, man, he's something else.
0: Well, like James Harden being like, yo, just being bigger than everybody else and get to the back. Yes, 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 yes. That's what it is, you me. Hating- <laughs> Giannis is not the first person his size to play NBA basketball. Like, he's not Shaq, who was, like, literally the first guy his size to play NBA basketball. No, Giannis can do things that people his size are just not supposed to be able to do. And I think about Clyde Drexler a little bit when I think about Giannis, because it's like, okay, maybe you'd like the guy to have this more diverse game and da-da-da and everything else. Clyde Drexler made the Hall of Fame dribbling with one hand with his head down. (laughs) (laughs) and it didn't matter Uh, it did not matter Clyde looked like his three-point shot looked like an overhead pass it didn't matter right it worked and that's the thing with Giannis why don't you get this other move because I don't need
1: that yeah that's a, a, a waste of time I think he could spend one off season trying to improve his threes did it work Nah. All right. Let's move on. Take it to the rack. <laughs> take take it to the rack. Work on some some uh, spins, some kind of alternate alternative moves for when they cut you off in the occasion that they do and work on uh, passing out, skip passes, these sorts of things. But that's all you need in any sport. You need to get really good at one thing. And that's how you build your strategy. Normally how you build your team, you get really good at one thing. And force them so good, and this is like football is a good analogy for this. It's like if you run the ball really well, you force them to put a safety in the box. You They put a safety in the box, then you can attack other areas. So that's what Giannis is like. He runs the ball so damn well in a league where everybody is like, let's pass. Let's pass. Shoot the three. Shoot the three. Nah. Giannis Earl Campbell in these streets. Yes. yes. <laughs> Y'all going to have to put all 10 men in the box in one safety deep. And all
0: y'all who grew up with coaches that had y'all playing these damn zones and thinking that shooting from a long way is the way to go, there's never been anything more effective than going to the basket. There will never be anything more entertaining than going to the basket. And this dude goes to the basket. Now, I want to change gears right quick to something that has happened Kinda in the world of football, but it's really in the world of broadcasting. And we're gonna try to do this at least without me sounding like I'm a hater. But did I read this right? And that Fox is gonna pay Tom Brady thirty-seven million dollars. Yep, it's three seventy-five for ten years, right? That's this is the only question I ask. Has Tom Brady said a single interesting thing in the twenty-two years that we've been aware of his
1: existence? Mm-hmm. Nope. I'm trying to think of something he said interesting. Nope. And what are we doing here? Yeah. So this is my pitch for this is these TV partners want to be in good with the league. And I think that's what this Tom Brady comes down to. It's like they want to have, I think that's why the booths look the way they look is because the league wants their games to feel big. And if you are willing to pay and it's worth it for them because they, if they look at it this way, it's like, all right, we pay, I don't know. A billion dollars to have the rights to these games? Yeah. All right. Throw $37 back on it to ensure that we have our choice of the best games. That's a fine investment. They don't give a damn whether they're giving it to Roger or they're giving it to Tom or they're giving it to some hobo on the street. It's about the package. And I don't think that anyone believes that Tom Brady is going to walk in there and be so entertaining that the ratings are going to go up. But I do believe that if you turn on an NFL game and Tom Brady's talking about it, it feels bigger, no matter what he's saying.
0: Yeah, I, the feel big thing I think matters. Like, I remember my buddy Bruce Feldman wrote something once. This is like 0405 4 5 somewhere in there. And Rutgers was playing some bowl game and Brent Musburger was on the call. And Feldman was like, it hit me. Rutgers is playing and Brent Musburger is on the call. You know, because if you're of a certain age, brent musburger being on the call makes the game feel big like you associate him with big games and that i think so i mean i'll say it i don't think it's really hurting anybody here having troy aikman and joe buck call a game feels bigger than lou riddick brian greasy and joe tessitore and it's not those guys' fault because they haven't had the chance to do the games that would allow them to feel big, right? But you've been listening for 20 years as Buck and Aikman have been doing the game of the week on Fox in the afternoon, right? It feels big. And I think that is the big part of these teams and who they like Jim Nance. If Jim Nance is calling the
1: game, that game feels like a big deal because Jim Nance only does big deals. And I think that's the point. We're missing the point if we're thinking that it's about how entertaining Tom Brady is going to be. Well, hold on, though. hold on, hold on, though. This, though, is where I'm not sure. Tom Brady is famous.
0: But is Tom Brady ultimately going to make those games feel like big deals, right? Like, is he that guy that's going to
1: be able to to do that. I can't believe they gave him a 10 year deal for it though. My guess is it's worth it to be associated with Tom Brady for them. If Tom Brady is like, doing games well is hard. Doing games is not hard. I think Tom Brady can fall out of, well, I've never done a game, so maybe that's not fair to me, but I think that he knows enough about football that he can offer some reasonable insights here or there throughout the course of a game. And that won't be too big a deal. So maybe he could be great. Maybe he'll be mediocre. I don't think he'll be just putrid. And I think that having him there is valuable. If he's so bad, let's say he is bad. He's so bad that he can't do the games anymore. I assume that the contract has some stipulation that allows them to use him in some other way. Having Tom Brady at your beck and call is freaking valuable. It gets people to show up. So put that aside I'm optimistic whether he deserves it or not. I don't care. It ain't my money. Give. Yeah. Give it to him. It ain't my money. But I'm optimistic because what I've seen happen to Tom Brady's social media and it's clear that he has people working for him. Like Tom Brady didn't want to do a a Justin Bieber response to Justin Bieber TikTok or whatever. He didn't want to do that. You remember that History Channel thing they put out a while ago when it was him and Drew Brees playing against each other and like whatever hip hop videos that he's references. These aren't Tom Brady's ideas. So why not? Like you got an earpiece in already. let's have somebody feeding Tom some stuff. Let's get Tom some writers. It's worth it. It's worth it because before I stop, the challenging thing about the booth is if you don't have credibility you can't be experimental. And if you are like, if you already have the credibility, there's no drive for you to be experimental. And I think that Tom Brady has so much credibility that he could get away with saying and doing funny, irreverent, silly things that like when we tried to, at ESPN tried to have like comedians in the booth. It's like, no, nah, you ain't got no credibility. We ain't going to let you do that. So, that, I mean, that's my hope for Tom Brady. He takes a risk with it.
0: Well, the question is going to be how critical he's willing to be of players, but I think it's a little different with him because he's so much older than everybody who plays now. like whoever would be his actual homies,
1: they out the league. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that people aren't critical because they are homies with people. I think people aren't critical because they generally don't want that smoke. but what I'm saying is this: I agree that yes,
0: it's generally that they don't want the smoke, but I also think that like as guys get yeah. older. The players are more distant. It's less personal because those aren't people that are like in your world. You know, like we all we all easy at being critical at the youngsters.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Tom would be he is emotional on game day and he will get after a teammate. Like I wonder how much of that will he'll be able to tap into while he's out there. Cause that would be the fun Tom Brady to see. Is like when people are making mistakes that the average person doesn't pick up, Tom Brady is like, you know what and gives us that like that would be fun but i really just want him to like loosen up and introduce himself to us because i don't know him well i tell you this on that front
0: i wouldn't be surprised if we get some of that right now granted we didn't exactly like meet a new troy Aikman when he got to fox right but if you told me that tom brady was going to nbc i'd just be like oh get ready for the most boring stuff that you've ever seen because nbc I mean, look, man, you watch the broadcast, they ain't looking for nobody's excitement, right? Like Maria Taylor Maria, Maria Taylor got on the NBC broadcast and she be looking like Buster Rhymes <laughs> with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. They all so low key and all she's doing is being pleasant. Like all she's doing is being energetic and pleasant. And next to them it's like she mystical.
1: Ephervescentness. Like yes. it is like you just being normal, but everybody else, you're right. Yeah, she is filling the screen every time. And it stands out so much that it feels awkward because everyone else is like the repass or not. It's, yes. it's the church after party. Like no, nobody going home. We just having some cake. And that's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> We're having some pound cake. But, um, I agree. The Fox is different. And we do like Troy. I think Tony Romo deserves credit. Tony Romo changed the game. The money changed when Tony started doing this thing and the expectations changed. And I think Troy Aikman reacted to Tony. Drake, man, I think since Tony has been better. He's been more critical. He's been more honest. He's been more like, I don't know, uh, um, emotional in the booth. Like it feels like it woke him up. The money got big and then it was like, all right, it's time to play. And so I, I think that there is a lane for Tom Brady to do that. Do you care at all about like the whiteness of these booths? I mean, cause I, I somebody put up a graphic and it was hilarious because everybody who is like on a I guess it's like the lead broadcast team, everyone's white except everyone's white. Except or well not except Tarico. Except or including Mike Tariko, depending on yes. Yes. uh how he characterizes himself.
0: Yes, I did see that the stallion was the one <laughs> um non West West European uh yeah. person that was So the problem there And where, yes, I do notice the macro level whiteness, but where it's tricky is there's so much diversity you can have on a two-man crew. And so to me, it is interesting because they absolutely diversify those studio crews. Yeah. But it ain't that easy to have diversity in a four-man crew either, right? Like NBC has a zillion people and they have, what, three? They got uh, Dungey, Harrison, and then Maria. You know, like they could spread that out and then they used to have Tarico there. You know, Tarico like it's a little bit of a different situation, but it's hard to do with two. The thing is, everybody's using basically the same template for doing their booth crew. And if you're using the same template, it's a white man and a quarterback and black quarterbacks. We ain't really get those until like 15 years
1: ago. Yeah, I mean, so the play-by-play guy would be where you would go if you have to have a quarterback. And I would say you generally don't have to have a quarterback, but you got to have a famous guy. So then you have to have a quarterback, (laughs) you know, like uh, unless you're going to get a coach, maybe. uh, But they stopped doing that. Yeah, they'd be boring and they did stop doing that. So I don't know. I'm trying to think of who the black quarterback would be. Charlie Batch?
0: Well, when Dak Prescott retires, it'll be him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about now, though. Oh, yeah, no. Warren, Warren Moon, Google searching Warren Moon's a little dicey Uh, for him to get that job. I mean, now nah, Randall Cunningham wouldn't qualify. Like, But yes, the, because they kept us out of them positions for so long, the thresholds you need to cross to be able to pull that off, How how do you get there? Like, this, that systemic stuff that people be talking about. You know what I'm saying? But I don't, I can't blame the guys that are in there and not even necessarily blame the executives because they legitimately did not cause this issue. Like, you know,
1: that wasn't what it was. The play-by-play, they have a choice in the play-by-play guy. They do,
0: but here's the problem with play-by-play. Them dudes work forever. If this were some other industry, like if this was politics, you'd be talking about term limits. Think about this, Joe Buck, has been doing this for what, 25 years or something like that? And I don't think he's 50.
1: There is no walk of life that we can explore and not be confronted with either individual or like systemic racism. And I mean, the nepotism, and I think you and I agree that nepotism isn't uh, always a bad thing. Like Joe Buck is really good in part because his daddy did it and he grew up around it and he got opportunities earlier because his daddy did it and he grew up around it. So that doesn't mean he's any like he's he probably was better at a younger age than most people because of the access that he had.
0: Well, that's what it is, is that he was good, young and in a place for somebody to notice that. And his last name was Buck. And And for people who don't, I mean, if you're young, I could get that you wouldn't notice. Joe Buck's dad is a dude named Jack Buck. Jack Buck used to be not just the voice of the Cardinals, but Joe Buck did all kinds of national stuff. Did national baseball games. He did. I think he did some national football games. If you see the Kirk Gibson highlight, I can't believe what I just saw. I believe that's Joe Buck on the national broadcast, but America grew up with Jack Buck. And so Joe Buck, easy transition, but he got in in his early 20s, basically. And so all those jobs, like you think about the voice of the blank of your team or whatever, man, that person has been doing that job forever.
1: <laughs> and Jack was doing it in a time where we didn't have 45 streaming services, a bunch of different channels and a bunch of video games and all this stuff to do. Jack was doing it at a time when, what are we doing tonight? Whatever's on. <laughs> like we watching whatever's on. Yes. And so, yeah, like it's,
0: It's a lot that comes down to it. And you're right, in the end, we're just going to watch the game. And you're right, the league just wants these games to feel big. ESPN wants their Monday Night Football games to feel big. Everybody wants to make, and that's what the NFL, and that's what they're better at than anybody else. It always feels like an event, not just a game.
1: It does. The idea that everyone I remember in our negotiations, like two years out from the negotiations, we had a meeting with Roger and them and they put up their growth goals. And like everybody who lives in a capitalist society kind of understands that no business is content with making a ton of money. Everyone wants to figure out how they can make more and more. And like I remember sitting in there just being like my mind blown because I think their goal was like twenty five billion was what they wanted to get to, and they were at like eleven annually, and I was like, "What?" And that's what I think this speaks to is like they're gonna keep trying to get bigger, they keep trying to add games, they keep trying to expand to Europe, they are keep trying to even get bigger market share. Like they're the only thing that I mean, everyone's heard this a thousand times that. It's only event television. It's the only thing that does real numbers on TV. It's the only place you can put a commercial that you can guarantee that people are going to see it and watch it live. And somehow they are trying to get bigger, like the top viewed events every year or TV shows, whatever, every year are like 19 football games and, and like a World Series game seven or something like that. It's like Alabama wanting to have backup five stars to their starting five stars. Like y'all ain't y'all ain't never going to let up. And I mean, it kills all businesses eventually, but it don't seem like it's going to hurt the NFL anytime soon. They so mad they didn't already put out their
0: own line of funny money, but that's another discussion uh, for another day. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, that is Dominique Foxworth. My man, I appreciate you. Always, man. I appreciate you name this Foxworth Friday because like to call back to what we were talking about earlier in the show, you got to give people the rock. Give them some buy in. Got to. Foxworth Friday. I come ready with, with <laughs> information, everything. I know I'm getting the rock. Appreciate you.
0: No problem. Be sure. To check him out on Get Up. Check him out on Anscape. Check him out on Debatable. Check him out all over the place also the right time book club is coming back this year's book king of the world by david remnick king of the world by david remnick is a look at young muhammad ali it's a great book by the way too so get that and uh before i forget don't forget call our voicemail line 860-516-4119 tell us about that time your mama or daddy had to come up to school to check your teacher not you but to check the teacher. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. We do this three times a week. Gabe Bassane and Dave Presley handing things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days.
1: Take it easy.